This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 643 with Nana Eisen Akiwowo. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 643. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Nana Eisen Akiwowo is the co-founder of Fourth Phase Aftercare Boxes that support women in their fourth trimester after giving birth. She is a social entrepreneur and seasoned humanitarian with a strong commitment to advocating adequate and accessible health care for all under-resourced women, children, and families. Fifteen years prior to starting Fourth Phase, after her dad suffered a heart attack in Ghana, Nana founded African Health Now, a public global health organization to provide information and access to primary and maternity health care to women, children, and families living across sub-Saharan Africa. To date, her work with African Health Now has serviced over 30,000 people in Ghana and Nigeria who are in need of basic health care services readily available in America. Before African Health Now and entering the world of nonprofit work, Nana had a successful career in media, working for women's titles such as Honey, Suede, Essence, and Seventeen. Over the years, Nana has been repeatedly recognized for her philanthropic efforts, garnering multiple global awards. Nana speaks English and Twi, 
the latter a language native to Ghana, and her husband and her are the parents of a beautiful eight-year-old girl. When she's not working on fourth phase, she is in DIY heaven, making balloon garlands, resurfacing furniture, and watching HGTV. And I have to tell you, after doing this interview, I want to just go to Nana's house and help her with any of those projects because she is such a fantastic, fascinating, but really, really fun person. And I feel like I have a new friend after this interview, and I think you're going to feel that in our energy. We had a really fantastic conversation, and I think you're going to learn a lot from what Nana shares. And I think you're also going to just have a sense of how we can all be better global citizens when it comes to maternal health and when it comes to supporting women in their fourth trimester, whether or not we are currently in our own fourth trimester. So listen in to hear Nana share her journey into motherhood that defied every Instagram photo she had ever seen, how her nonprofit in Ghana inspired her work in maternal health care globally how fourth trimester as a term got added to the dictionary and why this is so, so important for moms and for our culture, what the definition of fourth trimester actually is, the massive gap of care for moms in the year after they give birth, the mission of fourth phase as a company, as a social impact maternal wellness brand that helps moms heal, feel, and be heard in their fourth trimester, how black moms are treated differently during and after childbirth, and how she courted her co-founder, Marcia Cole, and how they started Fourth Phase as a team. I loved this conversation. I couldn't be more excited to share Nana's brilliance with you. So with all that said, please join me in welcoming Nana Isin Akiwowo to the Shameless Mom Academy. Nana, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun. Yes. So I told you before we hit record, but I'm going to tell you again that mm-hmm. I get pitched every single day, often multiple times a day for conversations that I'm like, no, nah, we don't need to have that conversation on the podcast. Like, and it's often, conver- in fact, just today I got pitched from like, did I want to have some white guy come on and talk about his new diet plan? <laughs> I was like, have you, did you go to my website? Like, no, I don't. Did you check us out? Right. Just so like, there's so many easy notes. in the mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's so many easy no's. And when your email came through about coming on the show, I was like, oh, that's an easy yes. And so I'm really excited to dig into your story and your mission and just all the good stuff. This is going to be a juicy conversation Yes. to kick us off. Can you tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio? And then what you're most excited about right now? The dynamics of my personal and my professional are they live together in a mosh posh. <laughs> Um, I can relate. (laughs) So I do not have, what is it that every mom talks about that family life balance? Balance. Yes. Bogus. Not a thing. It's not a thing. It might be if you have like staff and support Mm -hmm. and because then you could really balance off all of those things, but I'm going to pick up my kid and we're going to come back here. Mm -hmm. That is my family is coming back into my professional world Yep, and we're going to work and she's going to do her homework and I'm going to continue making products and filling orders. I'm going to do invoicing. And that is the whole thing. I'm a mom of a nine-year-old who's in third grade and we are, there is no balance. I don't actually, and I stopped looking for it actually. I think that was a piece that was necessary was that I was on this quest to have this like real balance. Mm. I have enough me time. I have enough. It wasn't realistic for me. So outside of my bio, I am a mom and a wife. And it's, that's the whole thing. They all go together. <laughs> Love it. I'm a daughter, 
it's like the whole thing I have like I'm looking at my tabs and I'm like I'm buying an outfit for the spring concert for her I'm editing my uncle's like obituary thingamajiggy I'm doing work I'm paying a bill they all Yep. There is no time. Oh my gosh. You just gave like the most real glimpse into any oh mom's Google Chrome. <laughs> That's like, it shouldn't be, how are you doing? It should just be like, send me a screenshot of what tabs you have. Send me open. a screenshot <laughs> of the tabs you have open. Right. It was only recently that I learned that on Google, you could consolidate the tabs. So I've learned to consolidate. So I don't have 50 million tabs. So now I have a tab that's like products. I have a tab that's like, kid and so that's all like girl scouts whatever else she has going on whenever i'm searching i can consolidate them and so when you click on one tab the rest of them open i don't know this trick this is like My what goodness. i'm doing as soon as we get off <laughs> yeah so you right click on it and you click new and it's like new tab did i just lose myself trying to be crafty yeah you right click on the tab and then a thing pops down and allows you to like group. And then you just put them all in there. Oh, I'm doing this. This is my project. No longer do you have 50 million tabs and feel like a nut job. I love it. That is my so tip have- for balance. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. There's and we're balance. done. And bye. And we're done. <laughs> and so you have a nine-year-old. I have a almost, t- well, I have a nine and a half-year-old son. I appreciate what you said about like, I'm going to go pick up my daughter from school and we're coming back here to the company and I'm going to be filling orders and writing invoices. And I actually really love that balance doesn't exist and that there's not a separation of like work life and family life because how powerful that your daughter gets to come back to the office and be like, oh, this is the company my mom built. This is how my mom serves the world. This is how my mom shows up as a founder. Like that's really powerful. Yeah. And that's been great because she's watched this. I mean, we started in the midst of a pandemic. We started building fourth phase in 2020, doing the research, doing all that, getting the products. And she was like, mommy, what's this? What's that? And even some of our products, she was like, what do you use this for? And I was like, you use it to clean your vagina. She was like, your vagina. I was like, yeah, you know, your vagina, you use the bottle to clean. Mommy uses the bottle to clean the vagina. So she was like, daddy, Pick mommy needs three vagina cleaners. <laughs> she became. Oh God, I love it. And I will tell you, I know the bottle you're talking about. Nobody exactly. told me about that bottle until after my son was born and the doctor gave it to me. And I was like, I don't think I need that. And she's like, oh, I promise you do. <laughs> and ours is cool because it has like a little thing so you can hold it without putting your whole hand inside of oh, the toilet. Like an, like an angle. It has like an angle. Like an angle. Yep. It has a hook and eye. I call oh it the God. hook and eye. Oh my gosh. I am so if you excited. Ever sewed, about you know how important a hook and eye is on a class. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and I also, when I started using the other hilarious thing about the bottle, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm seeing the bottle on video right now. <laughs> this is video. brilliant. So you're going to appreciate that after I started using the bottle begrudgingly when, after telling my doctor, like, I really don't think I need this, I but need like, I'll just humor you and try it out. Then I didn't ever want to stop you. I was like, I actually kind of like this. And I kind of want to just use this bottle forever. Vagina cleaning. It literally does. Use your vagina cleaners all the time. (laughs) So good. So good. Can you tell us your journey of becoming a mom and then eventually becoming an entrepreneur in this maternal health space? Oh yeah. My journey to become a mom was actually, I think I should have probably came to this maternal health space during that time, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I think. I didn't have my daughter until I was 36 and I remember, yeah. And I, 
didn't, and I'm 45 now. And, you know, you go through your whole life not getting pregnant because you're like, I'm working, I'm in school, I'm not trying to get pregnant, whatever those things are. And then you get married and you're like, oh, let's get pregnant because everybody else got married and they got pregnant instantly. And then you're like, oh, well, that didn't work. Next one, oh, that didn't work. Okay, maybe there's a problem. And then you go and you realize, and for us, I remember we tried and we tried and it just wasn't happening. And my husband made the suggestion. He was like, well, maybe we should just go see a doctor. And I was like, why? Everybody else got pregnant. Why can't I just get pregnant? He was like, well, I don't know. Let's just go. I don't know. why." He's like, I've never had a baby. You've never had a baby. We don't know what's happening. Let's go. So we go to the doctor. And that began the journey of like realizing that I had polyps. I didn't know what a polyp was. I had what do you call it? Unviable eggs. Mm. So that meant that we had to now find viable eggs. So the journey to motherhood was not one that was like, and I should have known because if that part of it wasn't going to be the Instagram of it all of like, we're married, we're pregnant, we bought a house, you know, that Instagram, then I should have known that the actual journey, the actual motherhood, the actual child birthing, raising a child was also not going to be the Instagrammable. (laughs) It was going to be a real, like this was a real thing. So We went through all of those doctors and surgeries, getting the polyps removed, doing kind of like a similar to an IVF thing where you would get a shot, it would drop your eggs and you'd have to run to the place and look for the viable egg and then do this. And then I'm like, we have to have sex right now, right now, right now. And he's like, you're in my office. There's a lot of things we can do in this cubicle. Having sex right now isn't really- Not one of them. It's just not one of them. So calm down. And so that's how we kind of came to Omi. Her name is Omalara. So her name is Omi. That's how we came to that process of like getting her. And then, you know, after delivery was equally as challenging. It wasn't easy. It just was never Instagrammable. It was never what my friends were leading me to believe. Like breastfeeding sucked. I hemorrhaged after I had her. And so a week after I had her, I was in the hospital, you know, bleeding profusely. She wouldn't latch on after that because I was gone for a week. So she had to take a formula. And then after that, she refused to latch on. So then you felt inadequate. Then I couldn't, like every time I would try to get back in shape, I would jump and do a jumping jacks and I would pee. And I was like, why am I peeing on we my are like We are like maternal <laughs> twins in so You're many like, ways. Who the hell didn't tell me that after delivering a human being that I couldn't jump anymore? Like, yes, I would have appreciated a memo. 100%. <laughs> So that makes your stat quote unquote snap back. Yeah. And you know, we've had kids nine and a half years ago. So this new conversation that moms are having about being comfortable in their skin and taking time, that's a new conversation. Yeah. The conversation that was being had nine years ago, nine and 10 years ago was have a baby, get your snap back on. Everyone is going to, you know, get back to your girlish figure. You can have it all work life. That So you're, I was chasing that. Yeah. And I realized that. I was going to chase that into it and cause myself into an early grave because it's not attainable and it's not, and theirs wasn't attainable either. I also didn't realize that social media was a trap. I really thought that those pictures were those pictures, right? Not, you know, and only now do you know, like it's curated, it's Mm -hmm. a curated experience. And so for new moms, when you're looking at social media, when you're looking at your influencers and you're like, her house is clean. How can her house be clean? Like what's happening? Like you're literally crying, like on social media, like I'm sitting in a pigsty. I have diapers. I have this, I have that. And this chick has a baby the same age 
with almost the same person and her house is clean. Her house is clean for the photo. That corner right. of what the she corner. Took, yeah, that corner is clean. That corner is clean. Yeah. The rest of it looks like Calcutta. Like <laughs> that corner is clean. The rest of it looks crazy. Yeah. So, you know, but I didn't know that nine years ago. And that made the journey really difficult. Mm-hmm. It made it really, really hard because I was super hard on myself. I was super hard on the process. I couldn't really enjoy it. And it took a while to really, you know, find my and be comfortable with my version of motherhood and know that it was not going to look like my friends. And so, yeah, so that was a journey. I relate to so much. We went through a similar (laughs) infertility journey. I relate to like, we have to have sex this minute. (laughs) Right this minute. Now, Um, he literally was like, not in the middle of this office. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And then also having gone through all of that, you kind of feel like you earn a really easy baby after all that. And my doctor even kind of said, she's like, you know, Sarah, you've gone through so much. She's like, I just have the sense that you're just going to have like the most mellow baby ever. Yeah, no, not no, at all. No. Did not have the mellow baby. This um, chick is nuts. I, oh, I just <laughs> so, I mean, my first year of motherhood was just, I wish I could go back and do it again because I was such a disaster because of, I didn't have anything to compare it to except for other people's experiences that were very, I don't want to say they were easier than mine, but they were so different that I felt like everyone else. They were different. Better. So I yeah. grieved, like I was like, I'm supposed to be snuggling a baby that can't snuggle because he's too busy screaming and I'm not making enough breast milk to feed him and like on and on and on. And that's really, really hard. I will say that as I started talking about that after a year or two, a little bit on social media, the number of people that came out and said, oh my gosh, yes. Like it's mm-hmm. been a disaster for me too. really helped me recognize, like, these are the things we need to be talking about. Screw pretty Instagram pictures. And so- yes. I want to talk about you. So you entered this maternal health space and I'm imagining some of this was inspired by like things not being clean, easy and simple for you. Yeah, it was not clean and simple for me. It was not clean and simple for. So part of my background was that I also founded a nonprofit 
in um, that does primary maternal health work in Ghana, West Africa. And my journey, what it led to was that I realized that I later realized how many of my friends had infertility issues that they never mm-hmm. talked about. Yep. Which I felt was really, and you know, everyone has their own journey and they feel comfortable saying what they feel comfortable, but I really wish we had just talked about it. Same. Because when I was going through it, I also didn't talk about it because I felt like I was the only one. And so I remember talking to my mom and we were just like, and I was, she was, I was telling her, like, I felt shame. I felt this. And she was like, oh, but you know, it's not only you. So, and so couldn't have, and and then she's, and I was like, where was that information earlier? Like you could have, I would have felt less ostracized. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was like, women, we don't talk about these things for fear of scaring the other woman. And then she won't want to have a baby. And I was like, it won't happen that way. We'll just inform her. So she has points of reference to ask questions to. And so when we were doing our work in Ghana, I think for me, we have a maternal health clinic there called Medina Polyclinic. And we were always trying to do work around how do we inform women? How do we take away the stigma of, I'm just going to go in the corner and have a baby. And then I'm supposed to just pop back up and go back to the market. No, you need time. You need this. You need these things. Let's create conversation and community. And in one of my trips, I witnessed a new mom. She had just delivered and she had to wait until the baby had its first bowel movement, you know, like we normally do. And the baby had the bowel movement and she was wiping it off and she was putting the diaper back on. And I was like, why? And she was like, I don't have. And I was like, oh. She was putting the same diaper back on. The same diaper back on. And she was like, I don't have any. I don't have another diaper. I don't have the money to buy a Mm. diaper. And I realized that I was coming from a, a, not a place of privilege because I wanted to talk about the emotional. And I forgot there was a tangible piece of motherhood that allows you to feel like I can care for my child. And if in that moment I've delivered this human being and I don't have the feeling that I can care for it and care for me, then I'm already, you know, short. Yeah. on experiencing motherhood in a way in which that makes sense and or in, in a way in which that can be enjoyable. Like I am not going to have the mental capacity to really hone into myself mm-hmm. and what I need and self-care and give for the baby because the thing I have that's an issue is much bigger. So I say all that to say it was like that was part of the impetus of creating a product that would have a global impact on mothers and be the global connection was being a mom who had the privilege of having all of the things that I needed physically, but didn't have the emotional stuff that I needed. And then witnessing a mom who didn't have the emotional or the physical thing and realizing that she's reflective. She may be in sub-Saharan Africa delivering in a container, you know, makeshift clinic hospital set up, but her experience is, can be replicated at NYU, at Mm -hmm. Cornell, at Cedar Mount Sinai. There is a woman on the other side of the globe, who is having a very similar experience and a woman that's having the similar experience to what I had. And so how do we find a way to connect these women together? And so, and what do they need? And what are the things that we need to talk about? And so that's kind of how I started to ideate around what would become fourth phase. Like what do mothers need on a full level? Like how do we heal mothers? And what is the crucial time for us? And that time for moms is after delivery. That fourth Mm -hmm. trimester is a crucial time for us on many levels. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier the conversations that weren't being had when our children Mm -hmm. were born nine, almost 10 years ago versus right now. 
So fourth trimester was not really a thing. <laughs> and, but I do feel like it kind of became a thing fairly soon after my son was born, like within the mm -hmm. couple of years after that. And I remember feeling like I felt a little shorted, <laughs> like, oh, now people are going to call it what it is. <laughs> Thanks. Now it has a name. Now, oh, now, now it, has it has a name. Now we're recognizing that it sucks. <laughs> like when I'm I was like sitting a... in the corner crying with this stupid Medela, yes. making that sound. Yes, <laughs> like everyone made me feel like I was crazy going through no. it before it had a name. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you talk? I want to. And you, I did not recognize this until I was going through our notes prior to this conversation. But fourth trimester has been added to the dictionary as like a yes. legit term. It is an actual thing with a definition. Can yes. you talk about the push to get fourth trimester added to the dictionary and why this is so significant? Oh, we were so excited to that when we saw it get added. And when we launched, that was one of the first things we wanted to do was get the word in the dictionary. And we had looked in, it's funny, we have like the screen grabs of like weeks before we had launched looking and seeing the word and being like, there is no word that talks about this period. But talking to doctors and doctors being like, yeah, it's called the fourth trimester. And you're like, well, if you know as a physician and moms have no idea, then how is she able to articulate what she is feeling to you as a physician that you don't then automatically, instead of going to, oh, she's in her fourth trimester, she's, this is a different thing. It was almost kind of like the only word that we talked about was postpartum. Mm -hmm. And the word postpartum, immediately. Although it doesn't mean depression. If you say it to anybody with no context before the sentence or after the sentence, and you're just like, oh, you know, she's postpartum instantly, they'll be like, she's depressed. They won't think she just had a baby. They'll think she is depressed about having had the baby. Yeah. And so it was like, well, that word has been muddled out and that's not our word. Fourth trimester is the word that fully describes what is happening during this time. It is the time after a mother gives birth where she is physically recovering. And that recovery takes anywhere from 12 weeks to a year and sometimes longer. And so when I know what that word is and I have language now, I now can articulate it. And when you can go into the dictionary and pull up a word and see that it has meaning and definition, you feel seen. You no longer feel like you live in the crazy house. You're like, no, no, no. It's a word, it's a period, it's a time, and this is what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And that recovery is my physical recovery. It is my mental recovery. It's my emotional recovery. It's my full recovery that I have to go through. That's so important. And I appreciate yeah. so much that really specific articulation, I think is so critical. I also want to point out that you it's not just 12 weeks long. You just said it's three months to a year. And this is the other yeah. thing that like, can I get a medal that it's like at the end of the, that first three months of the, your baby's born, there's, it's like, and now they're supposed to like start getting on a schedule and everything's supposed to, and your body's all healed. And similar to you, I'm like, my body was, things were still falling out, when, but things are still falling out. Like I couldn't put on a bra because I kept getting mastitis and my pelvic floor was so damaged. If every time I stood up, I peed myself. And this was like many sneezed months past three. Today, I'm telling you today, I sneezed and had to go to the bathroom <laughs> today. To, yep. Just today. Yep. Before our three o'clock, I sneezed and was like, oh shit. 
Yep. So fourth trimester is like three months to 10 years. To 10 years. <laughs> but I think this is really important because, and I've actually seen this evolve in the way we talk about postpartum depression and also mm-hmm. starting to have that expand into postpartum anxiety and postpartum psychosis. Yeah. As everything is expanded, we've also identified that this experience can look like a lot of different things and it can last a lot longer. And when we look at that, then it creates space for moms to either normalize what they're feeling or get validation around what they're feeling. Because I think what happened before was, and I've had this happen with so many moms that I work with where they might not be diagnosed with postpartum depression until like after a year, a year after their baby's born or or later, Mm -hmm. because we all thought it was a 12 week thing. So after 12 weeks, if you still feel awful, you're like, I don't know, I guess this is just who I am now. So these definitions, you're like, no, you're still just been depressed because that, that depression can't, and the depression is like also being able to quantify it in a way that's like, Everyone that is depressed is not trying to kill their baby. Right. No. Like, so don't take me and just bundle me into the space that when I say I'm depressed or I'm feeling sadness, now you got me on a ACS watch and everyone's Mm -hmm. like peering over to be like, is she going to kill the baby? I'm not. I'm telling you that I'm sad because what we forget oftentimes about mothers and I wasn't born a mother. I didn't come into this world a mom. Right. I came into this world as an individual. I grew my personality and my profession and became and had an identity. And I was a whole person. And as a whole person, I went from being an individual to being part of a partnership, whatever that is, whatever that partnership looks like. From that partnership, I've now then taken on a new role of incubating life. For nine months, my sole job was to hold on to this baby. And every mom knows, like you spend the nine months with the baby and you're like, every morning you're like, you, every mom has drank a glass of Coke to be like, I didn't feel the baby kick. <laughs> yeah. Guzzling yeah. down. Like a holding Coke your breath at every appointment. Holding your breath at every yep. appointment. Like, are they going to hear a heartbeat? That was nine months of your time is mm-hmm. in that own, its own bank of anxiety. Yep. Now I've gone through and I have delivered said human being and that delivery process is intense. And now I've gone after delivering this human being. Now I have to nurture and take care. And I'm probably the sole source of food for this human being. When that is all said and done, like my depression isn't about the human being. It's about all the shit my body just went through. Yeah. This emotional roller coaster that I have just gone through. Then everyone is like, good job. You did it. See you at the office or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's take a moment and register the fact that I have been through a lot. And I am sad because I'm trying to find the person I used to be. I want to find a glimpse of that person. I want to figure out who the person I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sad because I have this baby. I mean, there's probably some sadness in there. Like, where it's like, "Ah, I can't do this, but that is not the majority emotion. The primary emotion is for most moms. And I can speak for myself was that I felt like my girlfriend once was like, you're in the wilderness. I felt like I was in the wilderness. Yep. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was about to become. All I knew that I was a source of food and my, like, all I can do, I'm supposed to take care of this baby. I got to keep this baby alive. I got to keep this baby alive. And like, all you kept thinking about, keep the baby alive. Keep the baby. I was like, well, shit, who's going to keep me alive? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> two seconds short of rolling out. I'm going to have a heart attack just thinking about keeping the baby alive. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I went so, through yeah. in our first year and I've shared this on the show before, but we were in this little parenting group, which was a lifesaver with other Mm -hmm. parents who had babies at about the same time as us. 
And every week we would do highs and lows. And my low was always like, I'm grieving the person I used to be. And like, I'm just waiting for her to come back. And so we went through this 12 week process with this group. And literally, like I said that every week, we get to the end of 12 weeks at the time. My son would have been, I think like five or six months at that point when we get done. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still waiting for her to come back. I'm still waiting for her to come back. And I, what I didn't realize what no one ever told me was that like, she doesn't come back. You have to then build this whole new identity and nobody told you, nobody told you that while you're keeping the baby alive, you're also building a whole new identity that's centered around motherhood. Like I always joke that I thought motherhood would be like this little piece of pie in my life. It's the whole entire pie. It's the whole damn pie. Yeah. The whole pie. And nobody tells you it is, it's the wake up in the morning and yep. someone is standing at your face. I'm like, you know, he, you have a father, right? right. You know, as it turns like, out, they don't know that. <laughs> I was like, you see him. Yeah. I have had my daughter walk past my husband to oh. open the bathroom door while I am on the toilet to yep. be like, mommy, can I have fruit snacks? I know you walked past another. <laughs> yes. human being totally. I know that there was another human being totally. in the kitchen near the fruit snacks. Yeah. I am all the way in the bathroom. Are you yeah. serious? She was like, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Oh okay, I'm going to go ask daddy. <laughs> you should have started there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No one tells me that this human being that I've given birth to is now full. And I sh- you should have known, but I think I didn't realize that I had done that to my mom. And yeah. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I guess a part of us should have known that we weren't going to be able to slice this up. That yeah. once we took on this journey of motherhood, it was officially going to take over our whole life. And it is the primary piece of who we are. And within that, we can not so much reinvent, we can find the old girl that we were yeah, and realize that she's a new girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she has her, the basis of her is still the same, Yeah, you know, but she looks different and yeah. be okay with that. And that's the part was like, can you be okay with the fact that you are the same person at heart, but you look a little different. Yeah. Your role is a little different. Absolutely. I think that, and as we look at who we were prior to becoming moms and who we become after becoming moms and who we continue to become in the subsequent years and decades, Uh I think that the gift that also no one tells you about the gift is like, oh, now I have all these superpowers where like I can go save the world because I kept a baby alive for a year. And so I I want to- And I want to kind of use that as our bridge. I want you to talk a little bit about like you had these skills and gifts prior to having your daughter and then looking at deciding that, oh, I need to build a company around this really specific mission because of my experience and because of what I've seen in Ghana. So can you talk about the overall mission of fourth phase and what you all do? So we are a social impact maternal wellness brand. And at the base, what we do is provide mothers with the resources through our products to help them heal, feel, and be heard during their fourth trimester. And in creating that box for each box that we create in each box that's purchased, a box is donated to mothers in Sub-Saharan Africa and products are donated to new moms experiencing homelessness here in the U.S. And that is part of our overall mission around advocating and connecting mothers globally and really becoming this voice for this period and bringing full awareness to this fourth trimester period and how important it is for moms across the globe. I love this mission. I think it's so important. I'm like taking frantic notes here, trying to use like so many key words. I, in there I'm like, I'm like, I paraphrased it. So I'm deaf. I can send you the well-written narrative that was, that we created that I'm always like, 
care. Let's just tell them what it is. But the, what you said was perfect. And yeah. what I think is really important is that what I like highlighted was helping moms heal, feel, and be heard. Be her. Yeah. Because I think that that's like, we just stuff all that down. <laughs> We're like, nobody sees me. And honestly, no I don't me. want them to because I'm a disaster. But like, how can we create this space for that's not just going to your like six week checkup and having a doctor ask your partner, is she like homicidal? <laughs> How is she behaving around the big? I'm right here. Right. I'm about to yeah. behave like a wild woman. If you keep talking to him, like he does shit. Right, right. <laughs> His nipples are fine. My nipples <laughs> right. have actually separated from my body. <laughs> right, right. So talk to me. And I would yes. like to not just see you in six weeks. I would have liked to see you three days after this shit happened. Because uh-huh. I just went through a lot. Could somebody call yeah. six whole weeks? Yeah. I remember after my six week check too, being there, like you're done now. And I was like, wait, what? We don't cut. Exactly. There's no other job. I need more. Why can't I have more? Right. Is there like a bonus package I can upgrade to? I'll pay for it. I literally was like, I'll pay just somebody, anybody I'll pay for it. Just give me more. And there was no more. There was no more. Yeah. So that's what, so the heal, feel and be heard is really integral because that is essentially what she's going through. She feels unheard. She feels like no one sees her because we live in a culture in which the incubation of the baby is the biggest, is the highlight. And the delivery of the baby is like all people care about. And then after you deliver a baby, it's like, there's a TikTok meme where like, I feel it's like every time it's like the voices, when my friends call now, now that I've had the baby, every time people call, they say, put the baby on the phone. And it's like, and then she's, and the baby's not saying anything. And all of the relatives like, hey, baby, baby. Oh, you're so cute. And she's like, so I just wanted to talk to you about the baby on the phone. And that's really how mothers feel is like everyone was so excited that I was pregnant and wanted to see my belly and watch it Mm -hmm. grow. And they wanted the photos of my belly growing and all of that. And then we had a baby shower and everything on the baby shower registry was about this baby. And now the baby's here and everyone comes over to see the baby. I, however, am drowning in whatever this emotion is, my, like all of the pains and no one talks to me. And so feeling heard and feeling like someone else can empathize and or understand what you're going through is an important piece because that's what we all want to feel. So that portion for us is about community building and being able to connect moms together, connecting moms with midwives and postpartum doulas and all of the resources that they need is a big piece of it. So it's not just the products, but it's really about the community building portion of it. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So you're connecting moms to services and then you're also giving them access to products like the vagina cleaner. Like the vagina cleaner. (laughs) And so the, and you're giving them, tell me a little bit about like, cause this is products that like I could go buy as a new mom, but it's also products that you can gift to new mothers. Is that correct? So the products in the box, we have a, we feature 12 products in the box. And the 13th product is a digital affirmation that moms can then go in and download and kind of, you know, gives inspiration and words of encouragement during the process. But our products cross over from perineal and pelvic, lactation, body, and then the spiritual. So we have the vagina washer, which is our peri soother. We have like cocoa nip for, you know, nipple cream that you can just wipe off that you don't have to wipe off to feed, which was really important mm, for us. Yeah. We have lactation milk. We have gua sha stones to help kind of with your releasing of if your breast of it become engorged. We have a flax pack, which is like a heating pad. So we have a, a series of all these products that we made sure that we, we curated and we created for moms because we wanted to make sure that after having, you know, nine months of uh, focus groups, we wanted to be like, we talked to moms and what did you use? What really came in handy what and a lot of moms like home remedies and things like stuff it was hard you make up all sorts of things because like you make up stuff you're like let me figure this out my vagina hurts what can (laughs) yes what do i do to make this stop and they were like you know i couldn't scour target looking from first aid aisle to the skin cream aisle to the, I was like, I just didn't, I, I couldn't make it that far. Yeah. And so we wanted to be able to create a box that everything you would need is in this box and it's beautifully packaged and it's thoughtful and the ingredients are intentional to make sure that they're things that mothers don't feel they're organic, phallic free. And so all of those things went into creating something that moms would be really happy to have and would be beneficial more so than anything else, you know, not just having a cool new gift, but something that really helps. When I was looking through the site, I was like, oh, this is like all of the things that nobody gave me. Everything. That nobody nobody tells you you need. Um, Your curation process is extremely thoughtful and intentional, which I think is really special and important. So I want everyone who knows of anyone having a baby to go check out everything that you have on there, um, (laughs) their fourth trimester to go check it out. Can you talk about being a black owned business owner in the maternal health space slash beauty and wellness space? Cause I'm, I'm really curious about that as well. Yeah. I think for us, it's been really, it's been great. And it's also been a challenge in that, you know, we've had the conversation or, or everyone should have is aware of the conversation around black women owned businesses and then black women owned businesses and what kind of funding we get and what kind of support we get. And so even funny is like when oftentimes when someone sees or realizes that we are black owned, they assume that the product is just for black women. And we're like, mm. what, 
No. Did you give birth to a human being? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you have a vagina? That Black gives and birth white women to- can use the same Black, vagina. Black, white women, everyone, everyone who has a vagina, however you identify, if you delivered a human being out of yeah. your body, please see the box. <laughs> yeah. Yes. See the box and get what you need. But oftentimes that's what happens is because you're a black brand and you're a black owner instantaneously, the assumption is, is that the brand, the product is for black people Mm. and we're not, we are a product for moms and birthing humans who have experienced the process of childbirth. And that's what we are. The space is also, it's also great to be in the space because we can talk about the maternal health rate. We can talk about being a black woman, at least I can talk about being a black woman and going to the hospital and, and needing care and what kind of response I got. You know, I talk often about an experience I had when I delivered, we delivered at a hospital right after Hurricane Sandy. And oh, wow. when we got to the hospital, you know, I was in labor. We'd already called my doctor to tell her that we were coming. She was like, I'll meet you at the hospital. And we get there. The nurse was rude. I've, I'd never seen it in my life. And it was like so rude. And I was in the middle of a contraction and she was like, are you done yet? And she actually, she said it out and she's like, it came, it was like, you know, you think something and then you let it out. And she, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I'm in the middle of this contraction. So I really can't deal with you the way I want to. And I remember just everyone, my mom and my husband both kind of shot, we shot each other a look Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's go. And so we kept going, we got to the room. She was abrasive when she was putting on the blood pressure machine, the, the arm thing. She was aggressive. She wouldn't like when I was going through, like every time another contraction would come, she wouldn't pause. She just kept working through it. And it was almost kind of like she didn't. And I was like, and my husband noticed it. I didn't say anything. And he stepped out, called our doctor and he was like, she needs to go. Good. I don't care what the problem is, but she needs to go. And my doctor, because we had that relationship and my doctors was a white Jewish woman, love her, was like, I know them. And I know that for them to say that someone is mistreating them and they don't feel comfortable, that is enough. Mm-hmm. But we had heard so many stories of so many other black moms who had gone yeah. to hospitals yeah. who, when they said, you're not treating me right, or I need something, or I'm in pain, you people didn't listen. And so it, it, being in this space allows us to really advocate for those women as those women, because we are black moms. I'm a black mom. Marcia is not a mom, but she's a great auntie. Mm -hmm. But as black women, we can advocate for that group of people that are like, no, we know what it's like to go into the hospital and tell a doctor that I'm in pain and the doctor be like, okay. And assume that, you know, I either want medication for drugs or I'm exaggerating my pain. No, I need help. And, you know, for me, having a doctor and having a husband that could advocate for me and speak up for me at a time when I couldn't do it was really important. So being able to be that advocate and that voice to speak up for so many black moms who can't or are unable to do it is important for us as business owners and, you know, leading this brand. I think that that what you shared is so important and thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And I'm so glad that your husband said something. And I will also say that I've talked to a lot of black moms about their experience in childbirth, whether they have one children or multiple children. And mm-hmm. those are really common stories. Yeah. And it's, I was going to say it's ridiculous. That's not the right word. It's so grossly inappropriate and disturbing and wrong. And 
I think that the more we can talk about that being the very real reality of being a black mm-hmm. woman giving birth, that hopefully the more advocacy there can be for black women giving birth. and changing it. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. If a woman like Serena Williams will have an experience, she's Serena freaking Williams. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not feeling good. And you're still thinking that I'm just like, oh, I'm, she's strong. She's managed. And you're like, well, no, I know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like not being heard. It's again, that like, you're not listening to me because you don't yeah. see me as a mom. And so that's been our, I say all of that to say that, that, you know, being a black mom and being in this space is only enhanced by those experiences and also gives me more fuel to be, um, to show up in this space authentically as a black woman supporting and representing other black moms in this beauty and wellness space, but it's been cool. Can you, you mentioned your co-founder Marcia, can you tell us a little bit about, I want to make sure she gets included a bit Yes. (laughs) in terms of, since you mentioned her, but also because, so you co-founded the company. So tell us just a little bit about her, her role and for people. Uh, So Marcia is great. She and I have been friends for many years and actually I courted her. She's going to hate this part when she listens to this. I (laughs) courted Marcia into becoming a (laughs) co-founder. What started off as her, she initially just was like helping me out. And literally that was in her mind. She, we had brainstormed about this idea in 2018. And then she moved from New York to Arizona in early 2019. And I was intended, like we had a, I, we created a blueprint, like what it's going to look like, what I'm going to do. And so in 2020, she just randomly called because it was a pandemic and that's what friends were doing. Everyone was checking up on everyone. And she called to be like, so how's it going? How's the project? And I just started crying. I was just like, it's a disaster. It's not working. I don't know what to do. The pandemic, I can't. I started just unraveling. And she was like, why didn't you ask for help? And I was like, because I'm a mom and I'll never ask for help. Right. right. I'm fine. I can do it myself. I I can do everything myself. And the whole thing is falling apart. Everything's falling apart. And so she started off with just being like, all right, let me help you with, because she has a digital agency, she is a marketing maven in comms maven. And so she was like, let me, pitch hit where I can. But what happened was, even though she wasn't a mom, she found herself, and I'm going to say this because she's probably going to say it herself, but she found herself falling in love with what the brand could become and what it would be for moms. And so she would call at two o'clock in the morning with a new nifty idea. Like, so I've been thinking about packaging and I'm like, (laughs) that is not what she said she was going to work on. How'd you get on to packaging? And she's like, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about this. And and I was like, Marcia, you want to get married? I love it. I love it. Because a partnership, when you build a brand together, it's a marriage. She was like, you want to get married? She's like, no, I don't want to get married. I like dating. I was like, no, 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 no. let's get married. Let's do this together. Let's start this. And finally she said, yes, I'll do it. And even sometimes she talks about what her original apprehension was, which was more so not about her capacity to do it because she knew she could do it because she's that kick-ass of a woman, but there was a a sense of kind of like, well, I'm not a mom. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not a mom, can I be in this space talking to moms about what they need? And I was like, well, that entire C-suite of men at X corporation handing out and designing sanitary pads. Yeah. They're okay talking about it. They're okay talking about the thing that they have no idea about. I think it's fair enough that you, I think you got some qualifiers. Yeah. An entire tampon <laughs> industry was built by men. It was built by men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they can do it, I was like, yeah, 
And so once I think for her, once and she's said this before, but once she's gotten over and kind of wrapped her head around, yeah, I'm not, I can present in this space authentically as a woman, understanding what a woman would need and being empathetic to what a mother goes through in that journey of childbirth, that we could create a support system around her and create products around her using the resources of other moms and the knowledge base of midwives and doulas and OBGYNs who can all talk about what this time period is going to be like and what she's going to need. So, yeah, so that's been the amazing journey of our partnership. And we wouldn't have this really cool branded box without her. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Marcia. Well done. Well done Marcia. Shout out to Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us, Nana, how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom? I just showed up today. I came. <laughs> that is how I show up. I show up as a shameless mom because I am honest with my family and I'm honest and more so importantly, not even so my husband, I, I mean, I love him. He's, he's a rock star, but I'm honest with my daughter about how complex, beautiful, challenging being a woman is and how that starts from her being a little girl and how that she will grow into a woman of her own. And that's how I show up. I show up always trying to be authentic and realizing that and giving myself space to have my emotions. And, you know, I'm a Virgo. So they're like, sometimes I spend more time in my head talking to my emotions, but now I'm learning to let them out. And I think that's how I show up shamelessly. Like I show up, I show up in my full self. I love it. And you've totally done that today, which I, yeah, I show up in my full self. You're going to get all of it. Oh my gosh. I have <laughs> so loved how you've shown up today. So can oh. you tell, before we let you go, can you tell everyone where they can connect with you, find you, where they can find everything fourth phase, where they can get products, all that good stuff. Sure. So we are on all our socials. We try to make it really easy. All of our social handles, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, is at fourth phase box. And our website is fourth, and fourth is spelled out F O R U T H. Fourth is spelled out F O R U F O U R T H. I had to kind of look behind me, like, how do you spell that again? <laughs> right. F O U R T H phase box um, dot com is our website. And we are super excited. We currently offer three boxes a vaginal, a belly, and an every birth box. And so vaginal is for vaginal deliveries. Belly is for a C-section. We chose not to call it C-section because we wanted to make sure that moms who felt a way about having a C-section mm. wouldn't have to relive that and kind of finding a better, more beautiful way of expressing that delivery method. And then the every birth box is when you have no idea what's going to happen. You're like, just give it all of it. <laughs> Throw it all in there. <laughs> So the every birth box is for that exact thing. I don't know what's going to happen. So I just like to be prepared for everything. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> oh I love it. So good. So those are our boxes. I want everyone to go check out everything at fourthphasebox.com. And we will link up the website. We will link up social media, everything through our show notes here. So if people go to shamelessmom.com and go to the episode with, I'm going to practice your name now with Nana Eisen Akiwowo. Did I get it? Did it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Good job. Um, then you can find links to everything we spoke about today. Oh my goodness, Nana, this has been a really incredible conversation. Like I said, this was such an easy yes, and it's exceeded my expectations. So thank you. Thank you thank for being you. here. And thank you for the work that you're doing in maternal health. It's so important. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued 
over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.